all places together. Here we believe that our lives are connected to one another and rooted in God's inclusive and expansive love for diverse creation. I'm Colleen Montgomery, pastor of All Places Together and your podcast host. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you, a story called Questions at Camp. In today's episode, we return to our series about questions. The set of interviews that was before Easter were with people who primarily do questions for a living. And this next set of interviews will be with people who work with a particular type of question or questions. The conversation for this week explores the questions that both campers and summer staffers bring to camp. Today, I am so excited to welcome Kyle Rydell to All Places Together. Kyle is the camp director for Lutheran Lakeside Camp in Spirit Lake, Iowa. Kyle uses pronouns like he and they. He grew up in eastern Tennessee, and that's where he first fell in love with God's creation and the great outdoors. Before coming to Lutheran Lakeside, they worked at two other outdoor ministry sites, one in North Dakota and one in Texas. In their free time, Kyle likes to be outside, to read, to rock climb, and to cook for his family and friends. Kyle has a dog named Anubis, and they are currently reading The Priory of the Orange Tree, which I might just have to read, add to my TBR list. Welcome to All Places Together, Kyle. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me on. So I'd love to start out our conversation today with getting to know a little bit about Lutheran Lakeside. Uh, You and I got connected through this really cool metaverse event. So I've actually never been to Iowa. I've never been to Lutheran Lakeside. Uh, So tell us about it. What's the mission of the camp? What's it like there? And what kind of ministry do y'all do? Well, uh, I don't blame you for never coming to Iowa. It's uh, pretty flat and there's not a lot here. Um, but in the top left corner uh, is just 110 acres of uh, really special land uh, called Lutheran Lakeside Camp. We're on East Lake Okaboji, which uh, is very popular in the summer. We get to go out fishing and go on our boats and do some sailing stuff. Um, and it's it's just really great. Uh, our mission as the camp is... Uh, Rooted in Christ, Lakeside is a place of belonging where all people can find joy and purpose in God's creation. Uh, And we get to really show that to everyone that comes out, whether they're a camper in the summer, a parent, a pastor, or even our uh, guest groups that come out and have family events or even school events out here. That's wonderful. So it's really a place that gets utilized year-round in some form or fashion. Absolutely, yeah. So I know that camp is just one of the best places in the world, whether it's Lutheran Lakeside Camp or a different camp, but just to be able to explore the big questions of life, right? Like there's something about being outside, being with new friends or old friends, that really just invites this kind of deep reflection. So do you have a story about a favorite question that a camper asked you or perhaps one that really stumped you? 
Uh, I mean, I'm sure I have a thousand. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite stories or one of my favorite questions that I get is like, well, did this really happen? Uh, mm. What is God like? Uh, and those are all questions that I don't have the answer to. Um, but I get to imagine alongside those campers of what I believe uh, could be those answers. Yeah, so I, I always get like questions uh, that are just really specific and like, did this really happen? Um, what What's the purpose of this being in the Bible? And why why do we not think about things like this in the day-to-day life anymore? Like, why is Leviticus in the Bible when we don't really follow a lot of those laws anymore? And it it always brings me to the tabernacle, which is like my favorite thing to talk about from the Bible and how the the veil was torn in between the holy and holies and like that kind of separated and, and left behind some of those old structures, old laws that that aren't necessarily on the fronts of our mind anymore. I don't know that I've thought about the laws framed in that way before um, with interpreting that with the tabernacle. That's really interesting. I'm going to have to spend some more time thinking about that, especially like in the season of Easter where we just heard the story about, you know, the temple uh, cloth being torn in two. Like, here we are. Yeah, it, it was a real fun way to visualize the separation uh, between these holy people and just ordinary people now can be in the presence of God. My my staff know that I love to talk about the Torah and so got me a Christmas gift of uh, foam display of the Torah. And so I, I have that. I play with it a lot. That's so fun. I think helping kids and I think adults too, like have some of those visuals is really important when you're trying to make sense of these really big questions. And I just love that question too of like, why is this in the Bible? (laughs) Which just opens up like just such a big conversation about like, who gets to make these types of decisions and how does interpretation work? Like those are all just such important questions to make sense of um, for anyone who's learning about the Bible and growing in their faith. Yeah, and it it brings up that question of like, was this written for me 2,000 years later or was this written for a very different population 2,000 years ago? And maybe both and how both. Yeah. Well, I love that you also mentioned about how your staff has gotten to know you and that you help train the counselors and you're with the counselors then throughout the summer. Um, I remember when I was on a summer staff as a counselor, when I was in uh, my college years, like we would also have all of these other like big life discussions um, with other staff members, you know, on our hours off or over the weekend. And so I wonder if there's been a particular question that you wrestled with while you were on summer staff or perhaps like a question that's common with the staffs that you work with now that you're kind of on the directing side of things. Uh, yeah. 
So I remember when I was on staff as a counselor down in Texas, I was, you know, struggling with my faith. I was, yeah, so when I was on uh, summer staff down in Texas, I was a counselor, and I, I was still in college. I think I was a sophomore or freshman when I ended up working summer there, and uh, I was struggling with faith. I was struggling with uh, humanity and and the biggest question of all, why? Why did I have to be here? Why did I have to, you know, go to Texas where it's over a hundred most of the days Oof. there? Why does it always feel like God left us here? And I got to work through those in my own time, which was uh, long and hard, but uh, I have my own answers for that um, now because I I understand my purpose at least. Right. Like I know why I'm here. I'm here to do exactly what I'm doing and help others with those uh, really hard struggles. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, as as both a counselor and a director, you know, staff always have the question of why is there suffering? Why do my campers have a really hard life at home or at school? Why is there bullying and death violence and it's not that i have an answer for it and i i don't think anyone does but it is it is a constant question we don't necessarily have that answer at hand but we have solutions yeah it always amazes me and breaks my heart the stories that campers come with and the way that they open up to the other campers and to the counselors was some of the hardest things about their lives. And it's, again, just so heartbreaking to, you know, really hear the stories of, of how hard it can be even when you're 10, 12 years old, let alone, you know, a high schooler and all of those things. And I think it just speaks to the power of the community to be able to create a space where those questions can be asked in the first place. And like what you're saying, like work towards solutions and way for a way forward. Yeah. So then of course, part of the camping experience too, is the counselors asking all sorts of questions to the campers, right? That's how you get to know them to build that community where they're trusting and they feel like they can open up. Um, you know, we ask questions about Bible study stuff, just random questions while you're just like walking along. Some of those are silly and some of them are deep. Uh, I just wonder if there are particular questions that you train your counselors to ask that you find is really important throughout uh, the week of camp and building community. Yeah, so we... Uh, train our staff pretty early on that everything that we do at camp has to have a purpose, uh, whether it's just, you know, our Bible studies or going down the zip line, uh, team building, or even just watching a movie on a rainy day. Everything we do should have some sort of purpose behind it. And so um, we we frame it out 
uh, as an acronym uh, that we call DRAG. Uh, oh, DRAG, that's it, so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's spelled out D-R-A-G-G, uh, and those stand for do, uh, reflect, analyze, generalize, and then godify. Oh, godify uh, is such also such a great word. I don't think I've heard that before. It's pretty fun. Uh, and, and so, like, we we can make it harder for older older campers, or we can simplify it for, for younger ones. But anything we do, we, we are able to go and ask our campers, well, why did we do this? Or what did we do? And then what seemed to work in that process? What was really challenging? Um, how could we make it better? How, um, how could we have done this in a quicker or more efficient way? Generalize what it was what does this mean for us um, as a community? What does this mean for us outside of camp and our families with our friends? Uh, and then Godify, how does this relate to our walk in faith and what do we need to take from this? I love that process. And we had a similar one when I was a counselor, though I don't think it was as good of an acronym at all. And I know we didn't use Godify as a word either. Um, but it just helps to, you know, take that like ropes course activity or whatever, where, you know, you're trying to get away from, are you guys like a boiling peanut butter camp, a lava camp? Like what's the dramatic scenario that you put your, your imaginary scenario you put the children into during ropes courses? Well, I live alone with my dog Anubis. Uh, and so naturally I watch a lot of movies. Sure. And so half the time it's either uh, like a Spider-Man or Indiana Jones. Every now and then I'll use Ratatouille. Excellent. Dude, I, I always relate it to movies for some reason. Yeah. So like whatever that movie scenario is then, that you can then like go from that really specific example and then like zoom out and... It feels so like play. It can feel so playful when you're in the moment. It can also be right very frustrating, and you might want to like you're really mad at the people you're working with, and then how that can just expand out from there. I think that's such a powerful process to take uh, both children, youth, and adults through. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have um, adults that go through the ropes courses as well that have maybe been able to work through? something that they've been struggling with because of it? I have. It definitely takes adults a lot more to open up. And so they are very easy with the first couple of questions like, what did we do, right? And, and how was it working? What could have been better? But when we get to the generalize and Godify, it's very like correct answers, but not really diving too deep. I think there's a sense of uh, vulnerability that uh, they just don't enjoy tapping into um, unless it's an already tight-knit group. And team building, obviously, is, is great to help out with getting them there. Uh, but new groups together, it, it can be very difficult. Right. And that's just so true that getting into that hard stuff, especially when it feels about faith, like like you said, it's easy to do like 
the the correct answer, like the classic Sunday school, Jesus is the way kind of answer. Um, but getting deeper and more vulnerable is so hard. And I also wonder, and I'd be curious uh, for you too, like if there's an imaginative piece about it, that it's maybe easier for the kids to imagine or have a more like wonder or awe sense about God in a way that's perhaps harder for adults? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I I think that kids are more okay with failing in front of people Mm. because they're growing together. And so it's okay if they're wrong. Uh, They're in a place where they're going to learn and they they're kind of conditioned to know that I don't have to be right all the time. I can be okay with learning and uh, especially with those team building activities that we do ropes course and, and like our escape room, they really are okay with being wrong and then finding out why they might have been not necessarily wrong, but uh, thinking of, a different aspect than the person leading the the activity would thinking. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. I mean, I am definitely a perfectionist in the world, and I really don't like uh, failing or getting it wrong in front of people. And that's actually just been like a huge growing edge of of all places together for me is the type of public learning um, that I've done through conversations like the one we're having today. And that risk-taking is really hard. Um, I know it is for me and how I invite other people into that as well. Yeah, it's really hard, but I think, yeah, I'm definitely going to carry with me the the generalize and godify and, and work on that in myself and indefinitely how I invite others to think about their faith too. Yeah, that's awesome. So as I was perusing the Lutheran Lakeside website, I was so excited to see that you are offering a pride camp this summer. And this is so amazing for so many different reasons. Um, One of which is I know that uh, when I was closer to camp counseling ages, you know, so like over 10 years ago now, um, it was really hard uh, for those folks who were had different gender identity or a non-straight sexual orientation. I was not out at that point in time myself. Um, and so to know that there is an intentional like pride camp is so exciting. So like, please tell us everything about this camp, how it came to be, uh, what the week would look like. Like this is what all places together is like, this is what our people are all about. Well, the, the whole purpose of, of us running a pride camp is there's nothing specifically designed for the LGBTQIA plus community f- around us. Mm. Um, as a ELCA affiliated camp, uh, you know, our, our main focus is grace. Growing up in Tennessee, I was surrounded by a lot of like Baptist and Southern Baptist, uh, old Catholic churches, uh, where their focus uh, a lot of times in sermons or even at camp was sin and how wrong things are, wrong feelings are. 
And, you know, I had an amazing time at camp, but my whole career in outdoor ministries, I've just thought maybe I would have been more comfortable with myself if there would have been something like this offered to me. Yeah. Um, and so really it's, it's hopefully to bring up a, a better generation than the one we were raised in. Um, and make the world a, a little bit happier place. Yeah, because there's just campers are at such a formative age as they're figuring out themselves and trying to be uh, hopefully good friends to one another. So to be in a fir- in an affirming situation like this, I think would just be life changing for them. Yeah, and it, it's not too too much different than what we would normally be doing or what we would be uh, our average week of camp. We're a little bit more intentional about placement of campers and, and our ratios for staff. Our policies before this camp were that we are inclusive to everyone, regardless of their race, their gender, their gender identity, their sexuality, even their economical status, we, we try to be open and inclusive to all of the people that come to find God at Lakeside. I, I mean, it's it's very simple to want to run a pride camp. It's, it's just being very intentional about saying this place is a place for you. And it's not something that we need to have our staff talk to kids about their sexuality, uh, because sure. that's inappropriate in yes in the sense that they're minors and and we're adults but it's something that we as a camp staff can talk to them about hey it is absolutely okay that you're having these feelings uh you can love whoever you want to love uh and that is beautiful and and that's great uh you can be whoever you want to be and us having this this camp is just just the start of it, really. I I I know it's not going to be the the hugest thing this summer. It's not going to be Woodstock or anything. <laughs> but in in ten twelve years, I mean, this could be our biggest thing. I think it has the potential to be like a it's a destination. I mean, yeah. to for you know, Lutheran or any kind of mainline Christian who wants their adult, who like wants their queer kid to be able to go to some place that's affirming and inclusive, um, that's going to be trained and, and know how to talk about identity and those types of things. Like, it's probably worth the plane ticket because there may not be something like this where they are. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a bus right now, but I'd be happy to to pick people up from the airport for this, uh, for sure. And that would be such a great problem to have. Like, let's fundraise you a bus. Like, let's have that problem and make it happen. Absolutely. We'll paint it rainbow. uh, Bunch of handprints on the side of it. It'd be great. And, you know, with with us running the Pride Camp, it's. It's just a start, right? Because the the uh, the whole queer community has some sort of 
trauma with the church and we're never going to fix it. We're, we're never going to make up for that, but we can at least be doing things to try to make sure that they are welcomed at the church, that they know that there is a place for them and that they know that there is a God that loves them. Yes, that is also important. And it's also just to start in that, you know, the campers who are going to come this summer are middle schoolers and high schoolers, and then they'll go back to their home communities. And then in some more years, they will just grow in the way that they are leaders in the church. Like, I do believe that youth and children can lead and are leaders in the church right now. But then they will also like grow in the ways that they will be able to lead um, as they move into adulthood and like what new way God might be able to use them in the world. It's so exciting knowing that like this could this could be the spark or the seed of something beautiful. Like I know it's going to be. I really hope it is. So one last kind of logistical question about Pride Camp. Um, If I were a parent who was like registering my trans child, like how would that look with filling out the forms? Like what are some of the like logistical things about how you handle cabins and counselors and those types of things? Yeah, uh, it's it starts out with our registration. You know, whenever you build an account with our um, our database software, which is uh, Alter Camp right now, uh, we have uh, you know gender questions on there that are kind of pre-made from the the registration process. Um, but I put in a, an additional question that uh, is, "What is your camper's gender expression?" Uh, and so, how do they like to present themselves? What who are they, uh, yeah. essentially? And that kind of gives us an idea of what they're they're like, who they're going to want to be with, uh, what cabins to put them in. So for this Pride Camp, we're running co-ed cabins, uh, which is not something that is new to Lakeside. We've done it in the past whenever we uh, are either short on staff or there's just not enough campers to fill two cabins. Uh, we run it exactly like you would run uh, a church lock-in you know the kids play all day everyone in one room yeah sure we do this all the time everyone everyone in one room like i mean the benefit of it being at camp is you're gonna get a bed uh but like (laughs) that may or may not be more comfortable than your air mattress on the floor it's hit or miss probably depending on your age as well but you have a bed you're off the ground And, and you know parents will sign their kids up one, two times a year for a, a church lock-in and not bat an eye of where the kid's sleeping, what what is the sleeping arrangements going to be. You do it at, at a church camp and, and you get a lot of questions, uh, a lot of concerns. Uh, but whenever I've been able to explain it, like it, it's just where they sleep, uh, it, it kind of alleviates some of those those questions, those concerns that they have. You know, our, our cabins are rustic cabins, so there's not even shower in them. They have a private bathroom uh, that one person can be in. There you go. Uh, we require everyone on site to change privately. Uh, and then our, our shower houses are, are the same way. You're only allowed to be in there 
in your your area, right? You're not going from shower to shower or anything like that. So it sounds like so much of this is already a part of what the culture is at Lutheran Lakeside, that it's just really, it sounds like adding the programming for the pride camp of like whatever some of that special content will be of the week that you've already um, been in so intentional in in building or adjusting your facilities to be a welcoming place. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, our buildings, like I said, are rustic. Some of them are built from the 60s. Uh, and so they're old. They have character. Um, and so there's there's some things that are very easy to do to be inclusive in those spaces. There are other things that are very hard and only what it, it would take remodeling or, or rethinking how we're using those spaces to make them more inclusive. Um, but yeah, co-ed cabins were, were something that's just, we'll throw two counselors in there, sure. uh, two representatives and stuff. And, and, we have eyes on our kids, you know. Yeah, I know you do. So at the end of each of the episodes, we've talked about God and faith uh, throughout the conversation for sure. But love to really end each conversation really grounded in the Bible. And so as we've been in this series about questions, we've talked about all types of questions today. Um, the Bible connection that I'd love to hear is what's your favorite question in the Bible? Yeah, I have a, a really specific one. Oh, I'm here um, for it. I, there's some backstory, which I, I always tell when I talk about this, but it's uh, it comes from John 21. Uh, it's Right after Jesus is resurrected, uh, the disciples meet uh, Jesus in Galilee and then go off to do their own thing again. And Peter and John and some of the other disciples are fishing, and they're just not catching anything. And Jesus appears to them on the beach and yells out, you know, throw your net to the starboard side. And they start catching way too many fish. And for some reason, during fishing... Peter's naked, and so yes. he puts on his clothes to jump in the water. To then go swim. swim. Yeah. That is always a swim. question the kids ask. Like, why is he naked? Why is he putting on his clothes? But continue. Not something I would do fishing, but, you know. No. To each, yeah, to yeah. each their own. <laughs> uh, and so Peter swims all the way to the shore, and, you know, the, the other disciples naturally stayed in the boat and got to Jesus, like, 10, 20 minutes before Peter did. Probably. And they start they start cooking breakfast and they eat together and it's it's a really beautiful scene. And then Peter and Jesus walk off together and Jesus asks if Peter loves him. Mm. And he asks it three times because it's right after Peter denies Jesus. Uh, and it's very poignant. Like, hey, do you love me? And he asks it three times, and, and each time it, it hurts Peter a little bit more, but he understands the reasoning why. And I, I like to imagine that this is kind of the start of the church. like Because after each time mm -hmm. Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you, Jesus says, protect my, my sheep, feed my, my flock. And 
I, I don't think that if that didn't happen, we we would be having this conversation about religion and, and about God. It would be a very different world. That's a beautiful, those are beautiful questions and such an important story. And even, in, again, even in Easter tie-in here in the season of Easter, how beautiful. Well, before we uh, wrap up all of the way, what are the ways that people can learn more about Lutheran Lakeside? I'm hoping someone's real jazzed about coming to camp this summer. So where can they find you? Or if Iowa is too far away for them to get to this summer, what would be your recommendations for them finding a camp near them? Yeah, so uh, you can find us uh, lutheranlakeside.com you can look us up on on facebook or instagram i think we have a twitter i am not that good at you or not a twitter what is it a tiktok uh, that i'm not very good at uh, so i think i have a, a video of me setting up a christmas tree and then i completely forgot that we had a tiktok tiktok's hard um, i'm not good at it either it's okay i'm i'm too old um same but <laughs> Yeah, you can find us there. Uh, best way to find uh, local camps in your area uh, is just looking up uh, your your denomination if you want to be specific about it. Uh, you can look up ELCA camps uh, through your Senate's website. Uh, you can also look them up through the LOM, uh, which is the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries uh, website. Uh, I think it's LOM Network. Dot com dot net. I'll oh, find um, it and link it in the show notes. So they'll just have perfect. to click below. I got you. Yeah. And you can pick your state and uh, each state has uh, a few camps in it and you can kind of see where they are in relation to you. Thank you so much, Kyle, for your time today, for sharing the questions of your campers, of your staff, and for sharing the questions of your heart, too. I've really enjoyed our time together, and I am so excited about all of the campers um, who are coming to Lutheran Lakeside and camps across the country this summer. Yeah, thank you again for having me. It was so much fun. Prayer for Camp. God of all creation, you made the summer sun that shines bright and the stars of night that glimmer in the sky. As campers and staff get ready to head to camp this summer, we pray that you prepare their hearts to meet you in new ways. May your love be known in the silly and serious parts of camp because you are the God of all joy and all hope. As campers and staffers work through their big questions, help them to see the path you have for each of them. May each camper and staffer experience your grace wherever, whoever, and however they are. Amen.
Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. We hope you experience God's love for you and the world in today's episode. We loved gathering for Zoom communion this past week for Easter. Thank you to everyone who joined in that service. It was so good to be together. I hope you'll consider sharing this week's episode with the parents of camping age children in your life or with the college age students in your life. Those camping age kids, you know, there's still plenty of time to register for camp and those college age students are the perfect age to work at camp. And it's not too late to either sign up to attend camp or to apply to work at camp. If you're a Virginia person, and in particular a Virginia Lutheran, we have two Lutheran camps. The biggest is in Northern Virginia and is called Caroline Furnace. They have programs for kids and youth of all ages all summer long. The smaller is in Southwest Virginia and is called Hungry Mother Lutheran Retreat Center and is adjacent to Hungry Mother State Park. They have beautiful retreat space that groups can utilize. Whether you have a church group or a family group, it's a wonderful facility and it's just so beautiful in the mountains of Southwest Virginia. As always, we want to say thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Being church together is so important. Thank you also to those who give financially to empower the ongoing mission and ministry of All Places Together. If you would like to make a financial gift to All Places Together, you can go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Now. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. If you need our mailing address to send a check, that's at the bottom. Or if you're interested in setting up a bank transfer or making a gift through stock, please feel free to uh, reach out to me by my email, allplacestogether at gmail.com, and I can help you figure all of that out. Until next time, remember that God is with you and loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.